What is up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Suds Buds, the show where good buds talk good suds with the wonderful workers of the beer industry. As always, I am here with my co-host, Mr. Dustin Stelton. Dustin, what's going on, brother? What's happening, dude? Having a fine Tuesday right now. It has been an awesome Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it has. It's been a long one, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was up at four this morning. That's uh, insane. I can't, I don't know how you do it. I, I went to bed at one o'clock and I'm wiped out. Oh, yeah. I, I can remember more times that I've gone to bed at four in recent memory versus woken up at four and that's a.m. It was uh, one of those days where I beat my alarm. I had an early morning coming, but uh, beat the alarm by about 50 minutes and knew that uh, trying to go back to sleep would be a futile gesture. Dude, those days feel amazing when you just get up and at them and get rolling real early. I wish I had that like Jocko Willink. uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Just like schedule and willingness to do it every day where he wakes up at like 4.30, 4.15 in the morning every single day. It's like, ugh. That structure in your life or that yeah. regiment, it's it's tough. I definitely cannot go as hardcore as Jacko, nor would I want to. No. But uh, today was an awesome day, man. I got to be totally honest with you. It was a blast. And uh, I went in today to shadow my very first ever brew day. Yeah, why don't you tell me about that? That sounded fun. We didn't dive into it too heavy earlier, but it sounded like it was a good time, and you got to shadow one of the best in the biz. Yeah, I did, and I, I wanted to save it for the show. Yeah, actually, uh, kind of a cool thing. A lot of our, our episodes, you know, we mention things that don't quite follow up because we backlog some stuff. You know, we release things when it's timely for a lot of the breweries that we're talking to. If they have a, a beer release coming up or something they really want to talk about, we'll try to you know, log it and, uh, and, uh, release it when it's, uh, most timely for them. Right. And I can say with confidence that the man I shadowed today will be our guest on next week's show. Super stoked for that. Should we, should we tell the crowd who it's going to be or should we keep it a surprise? You know, we kind of gave a little hint of it already. Yeah. I mean, I think some people will know cause I, I'm not going to hide where I was at today. I was, uh, um, shadowing a brew day at the my place of employment bald man brewing um and uh yeah it was it was ben hebel who's going to be our guest next week shout out to ben hebel uh yeah great great brewer great great guy excuse me um yeah just a just a good human being yeah i was working with the boys for a full eight hours nine hours it was a lot of fun it was uh it was pretty cool it was me and ben there from about five forty-five or so till about eight just us in like an eerily quiet brewery brewery you guys didn't get the tunes going early no you know it was kind of i think he just wanted me to hear all the sounds and kind of what that means Mm. you know because he has that in his head and i think we'll hear about that next week but uh it's very artisanal of him to do yeah yeah it was it was a great experience i think it was it was set up well and they did a good job of uh educating me along the way but uh we we brewed um bald man's or rather, they brewed, and I watched uh, the process of uh, Bald Man's Heart of Glass Blonde Ale. So Yeah, I feel like that's a good one to dip your toes in the water with and you know learn some of the basics about brewing while you were shadowing. So can't complain about that. You started off with the winner, I think. It was a lot of fun, man. I, I can't say anything bad about the experience. It's a, it's a good beer that I had for the first time almost, geez, three years ago now. So actually being able to see the process um you know from start to to i guess fermenter um 
bit of an underappreciated beer by me at least i don't have that one enough yeah i said the same thing today like it's always one of those that i sleep on because it's like we've always got like you know 12 great beers on tap yeah and that's just one of those where it's just kind of a an easygoing mild crowd pleaser and there's times where i'll go you know like a month between if not longer without trying it and uh go back to do a little quality control and i'm like damn this is good you know yeah no that's awesome i'm stoked for you was there one thing that you took from it today that really stood out to you in terms of like learning oh man there's so many things it's hard for me to even just like reflect on today and just process everything i learned um tristan it was a long day uh tristan made a good comment head brewer at bald man about just you know uh you don't take notes on your first day you watch at least you don't take physical written notes Mm. You, you know you take mental pictures and really soak it all in ask questions but don't bury your face in in a a notepad day one just you know kind of watch and i think that was important for me but if i had to pin down one thing it's how these guys just walk around early in the morning when i'm still you know about two cups of coffee behind and they're just walking around turning on valves and turning off things and turning dials and going up and down steps and like and doing it you know just like almost like they're in their sleep you know just methodical just with with total confidence yeah. and these are like unmarked things and I'm looking at it and my mind is like glitching, you know, yeah. to a certain extent, like I'm listening and uh, trying to soak as much in as I could. It just but looks like computer code. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Just the, the muscle memory and the, the confidence that I saw with uh, the whole crew of the, the four fellows that were in there working their butts off today was, it was pretty cool. That's so. what you get when you get bona fide professionals, man. I, it was probably, a hilarious time too back there i bet just just like knowing all four of them back there like those are some funny cats oh yeah there's there's always jokes being cracked you know i would be surprised if there wasn't so yeah right it'd be a weird day no it was a good time shout out to those guys i know some of them listened so we thank you uh if it weren't for you i wouldn't have a, uh, a job you know we yeah in order to to work behind the bar there needs to be someone that makes the beer so thanks guys and also brew me a sour and brew <laughs> brew a suds buds beer bruce oh wow let's make that happen wow i damn yeah 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 say no more we'll we'll say a lot more after we go off the air i've got ideas brain blast <laughs> brain blast absolutely uh yeah well we had a beer before we we came on air today what beer was it it was a favorite of mine a seasonal favorite um i'm holding an empty bottle in my right hand right here it is a samuel adams Oktoberfest. Tis the season, my friend. Tis, Tis the, the season. season. I got I've never tried Samuel Adams Oktoberfest besides well, yesterday we tried one. Oh man. Man, is that a crispy boy? That's a good one. It's a staple as far as like the the domestically made uh Oktoberfest styles by like large breweries um this is definitely up there you know i always grab a 12 pack of this in sierra nevada almost every season um this is a traditional marzen style um and just a really nice beer if i had to give any tasting notes on it i would say uh pretty typical of an Oktoberfest. you know rich you definitely get that that maltiness a little mm-hmm. bit of caramel um yeah nothing that's gonna i guess blow you away and nothing that's going to disappoint just what you would expect of an Oktoberfest. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I 
when you asked me to get tasting notes on it, I was just like, well, it's, it's hitting all the tasting notes on, on what a Marzen is, but it's just really well made. It's just clean as can be, you know? It's one of those where it's like you get done with one and then you immediately open up the fridge again to crack another one. So it's just, it's a good good drinker. I like it. It's going to be perfect for sitting around the bonfire at night. Yeah, it's a nice one. Um, you know, if I can get my hands on like uh, the the true German styles, like the, the um, two of my favorites are the Polliner and the Hacker. Mm. Oktoberfest. Um, I don't think they come out this early. Maybe they do. Maybe they've hit stores. I haven't. I've seen actually them yet. saw a lot of Polliner. They were delivering Polliner today. No kidding. Okay, yeah. so maybe so they will be hitting shelves soon. Rad. Yeah, those are always my favorites. But I always, you know, got to snag one of these. It's a, uh, it's a seasonal standby. Does not disappoint. Um, and after a, a jujitsu roll, it tastes pretty fantastic. Yeah. Holy cow. What a roll we had today. That was insane for anybody who's listening to the podcast right now. Eric and I both are really big into, uh, jujitsu and we're jujitsu practitioners ourselves. And we're we, also very much big newbies. Yeah. I gotta preface yeah. by saying that like the whitest white belt you can be, but yes. it was a, it was a good time. It was, you know, a good battle between the, the both of us. You got some subs on me. I got some subs on you and it was, a. Uh, very tiring. I'm still feeling the after effects of yesterday and now compounded with what we just did today. So I am beat, but it was good. It's a good, it's a, like you said, it's a good, uh, good type of tired. Now that we got the garage gym converted, I'm definitely looking forward to Tuesday night so we can, you know, get a roll in, have a couple, uh, tasty adult beverages together and talk with some wonderful people from the industry. Yeah, dude, Tuesdays are going to be stacked. Well, before we get to tonight's guest, we got to rate this beer. So uh, what are you thinking? Uh, well, I want another one. So that, that's, <laughs> a, that, that's, that's a good start. And, you know, drinkability, absolutely perfect. Uh, I could crush those all day. I think it's sitting at right around a 4.3 for me. 4.3, that's yeah, a strong Strong margin. I like that. Um you know, I don't know if we've had a tied score, but that was kind of what I was uh, yeah. planning on going in with. And I'm not going to deviate just because we're on the same page. I yeah. say, why not? So like, we, I mean, like, like we both said, it's just, it hits all the notes of a Marzen so perfectly. And it, you know, it's just a good drinker. Well, you heard it here. Sam Adams, Oktoberfest limited release, uh, two solid 4.3s from the yeah. Buds. Pick it up all you can if you're into that style. Hell yeah. Well, uh, should we get to tonight's guests? Oh yeah, today is a doozy of an episode. Let's crack open the conversation. Uh, yeah, it's a jam-packed one. Um, tonight, we are doing a feature episode on Dual Citizen Brewing Company. Super excited for this. I am too. When I say jam-packed, we got three guests on tonight. Three guests. What so, are those guests' name, Eric? Uh, the guests we're talking to tonight, we've got uh, Mahad Muhammad, who is the Dual Purpose Director um also uh former brewer maybe he'll get into that as well super interesting backstory that guy has absolutely very kind guy we actually had the the pleasure of meeting him yesterday and super stoked to talk to him more couldn't have been kinder um up next we have becca mcdermott who does uh is the marketing coordinator for uh dual citizen brewing also super excited to talk to her i'm always excited to hear from people in marketing and there's so many breweries in that area I'm just kind of curious to pick her brain and hear, you know, how Dual Citizen is really um, setting themselves apart from the people that are, yeah. you know, su- in super close uh, proximity. 
Right. So. Um, and then finally, we're going to be wrapping it up with Bradley Zimmerman, who is actually the head brewer there. The man who makes the juice. The man who makes the juice. And uh, Bradley was saying to us yesterday, we actually got to talk to him as well for a little bit, that he's been there for uh, coming up on a year now. So mm-hmm. really excited to hear um, how he got into working for Dual Citizen and plans moving forward. Yeah, I'd agree. It's I mean, judging by the conversation we had with them yesterday, I am betting that today is going to be an even better one. So. Well, stay tuned. All that and more coming up on this episode of Suds Buds. Um, so, my name is Mahad Mohammed. Um, I have... Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, it's great to be here. Good to be here with good people, Bradley and Becca. Um, and nice to meet you guys, Eric and Dustin. Um, thank you, you as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, so I've, I've been, um, I, I'm, I'm, my current role is Director of Dual Purpose um, at Dual Citizen Brewing Company. So I've been with the company, this is my third year, third week now, um, working there. Um, so it's, it's, it's going really fun, um, really good stuff happening with a lot of really good people and cool people to work with. Um, and Dual Purpose basically um, is an outreach program for Dual Citizen Brewing Company um, for um individual community members um, that are really doing um, outstanding work with the community um, or other nonprofit organizations um, that exist within the community that are on the front lines um, and Dual Citizen um, wanted to basically um, partner uh, with those organizations, which has been in the works from the beginning, uh, which is the way that Dual Citizen started was to be a community focused brew house at the end of the day um love that and yeah which is which is pretty awesome um i know a lot you know the the local craft beer scene um is very community involved but to actually see a brewery that wanted to organically have um um that as part of their um just not just their start but their mantra in terms of like what they're interested in doing in a monthly basis but on a weekly basis but also some of the donations um that um kevin um and the owners um make um has been really wonderful to see at the end of the day um and that's been really awesome um and one of the things um that really uh, got me hooked on from the beginning was um one of the uh, major things that Dual Citizen Brewing Company has done for the last three years was uh, the house that Beer built, um, which is a community um, a community initiative um, between um, Dual Citizen Brewing Company and uh, Twin Cities Habitat for Humanity, um, and then Dual Citizen decided to parlay that into the craft beer scene uh, to have a lot of our local breweries that are already have their own community initiatives involved in building a house with Twin Cities Habitat for Humanity um, and to have basically a, um, a long-term um, impact on a family that has a need um, at the end of the day. Um, so the idea has existed for three years. Like I've said, Dual Citizen has um, headed that. And they've had other breweries join and volunteer as far as um, peer-to-peer fundraising um, and volunteer build-outs as well. Um, Surly Gives a Damn um, has participated in that. Dangerous Man, Prize, um, um, a lot of other smaller local um, breweries have also participated in that in terms of the build-out and whatnot, which has been pretty awesome to see. Um, and this year, we're just taking it a step further. Um, Bradley, our head brewer, um, came up with a recipe um, for a 
basically a badge um, that four breweries, including Dole Citizen, can participate and can um, partake in. Um, and we've contacted uh, Maltworks and Mighty Axe Hobbs, which have been fucking awesome uh, partners. I don't know if I can curse, but I do say fuck a lot. So you go for it. <laughs> you be <Cool>. you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, it's really great to hear that a brewery is so committed to being part of the community. Because I see sometimes you're walking around and you'll see little stickers on, you know, whatever business it is it says they're part of you know community and community outreach but sometimes i wonder to myself like how much are you really doing to give back to the community and be a part of the community and you know to hear your story about what dual citizen has done and you know like literally building you know a home for somebody to be in like that that's incredible i can't think of like a more satisfying feeling that i'm sure you Mm -hmm. have you know seeing that Mm -hmm. to fruition yeah, and again, like only having been here three weeks in, um, and these guys that are on here have been a part of it much longer than I have. So mm-hmm. it's it just it makes it that much easier for someone who has been only in the craft beer scene for the last five years. But I've been in the industry since I was sixteen. Um, but to actually see what these folks, you know, have been doing and to be a part of that and to join in and to chip in and um, it's been it, it's it, it's been fucking awesome three weeks i'll tell you that um yeah um and again like just the the amount of um folks that are also chipping in whether it's um broken clock is being a part of part of that group as well now um broken clock um and clutch uh, brewing company have also are chipping in and we have volunteers also in build outs happening from um surly and dangerous man and east lake so i want to um also give kudos to those guys for uh, being a part of it and have been a part of it for the last three years as well so to see everyone kind of even if they can't come out and brew a badge where again 100 percent of um the proceeds after labor goes towards the uh, project um, they're finding other ways to participate, whether it's fundraising and, you know, competing that way with other breweries and say, hey, we're going to raise $500 on our own. Um, and hopefully we can go over that. Um, and if they can't really, because we're in, you know, all of us are in a really tough position this year um, with the pandemic and um, everything else. Um, if they can't do that, you know, there's still um, a lot of breweries are participating by um, committing to having volunteers for the build out date. So and some of them are reaching out to their patrons and stuff. Um, you know, they can come in that way and come out in the build out. Um, so there are multitudes of ways that um, our um, community is kind of chipping in, even if they can't really um, have a completely dedicated line um, of beer for a certain amount of time. Um, so that's been really awesome to see. That's amazing. I always love to hear about like that blend of like, you know, healthy collaboration within the industry, but also like that, that friendly competition too. It's just like, it's, I think, uh, you know, it is healthy. And I think a lot of people, you know, an uh, an outsider looking in is going to see the business side, like, Oh, there's 200 tap rooms in Minnesota. Everyone's got to be fighting for the almighty dollar. It's got to be cutthroat, but it's at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be, you know, if, if, you know, the goal is that we can all succeed and, stay mm-hmm. in business not just through the pandemic but just in general so I'm, uh, yeah it's cool to yeah. hear you give back like that yeah yeah and that and that's and that's the beauty of mike whether it was you know the all together beer that a lot of breweries are participated in for service industry workers um and i know becca um had a program also going through that with a uh, dual citizen where there were literally she was part of a kitchen that was 
any of the service industry folks that you know didn't have any food on their plate at the end of the day could go into that kitchen and get some food out of there so it, it so some of the stuff that we've all been doing on the side has been um, fucking awesome um, but also Sierra Nevada, you know, when the fires happened up in California and the resilience um, and how folks came around um, and Dual Citizen was also part of, of the, one of the breweries that have done that batch as well. So no we, kidding. And, and that's the beauty of like, you know, we, we understand that we're part of the community at the end of the day. And if the community is suffering, um, we can't really ask people to come in and spend six, seven dollars on a beer if they don't really have... Um, a voice or if they don't have a means of expressing what they're feeling at the end of the day. I, I totally agree. I think, um, no, I think it's one thing nowadays for a brewery to have a mission statement just posted on their website. And I, I read yours and I thought it was super cool, super honest, but it's another thing to walk into a tap room and see that mission statement reflected. And uh, like I said, before I've probably only been to dual citizen now three times. And I'm ashamed to say that cause I live way too close. I live by Lake Como, but uh, just walking in yesterday, you know, you know, I just got the impression that, you know, it was just really good people there. You guys gave us, you know, the time of day and sat down and talked your beer with us. And that's just, that's the reason why we do this show. It, it makes us so happy. So well, I'll tell you what, Eric, today we won't have to go to dual citizen. <laughs> cause guess what we're about to do. We're going to crack a cold one? I think we're going to crack oh. a cold one. Mahal, what did you bring today? Um, I am drinking Luck of the Moons, um, which is a collaboration that we've done with a um, Minnesota Loons here locally, the soccer team. Very cool. Um, yeah, it is a Hellas Lager. Really nice, light um, color, as you can see. Um, really awesome, bready, biscuity flavors. Um, it's, it's one of my favorites that I constantly drink at the tap room after, after a shift. So why is that Maha? Because you love lagers. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> is it fair yeah. to call you the official tap room of the MN Loons, MN United? Nope. We can't. Nope. Okay. Well, got to retract that. But, uh. I, I hope one day you are because I, I like uh, <laughs> yes. the representation there and the banners. It's, it's very cool. And you're in a great location too for that. I mean, yeah, it's right down the road. Right down Thank the road. Yeah, we, I mean, Bradley's, I'm not much into sports ball, but Bradley is into soccer. Huge. <laughs> um, Kevin is a huge soccer aficionado as well. And, um, and we have like a few folks from the industry that come in and are into that quite a lot. They, they come in and watch the game. So it, it's really cool to see that passion and not just in the atmosphere and all the banners um, and stuff that are uh, there um, and the good beer, but also people just cheering on for things I don't understand. So I learned this recently uh, in my building in North Loop, uh, the Loon's goalie lives here. Oh, oh no my God. Wow. I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who he is. He's got a dirty stash, um, but he, <laughs> he, he plays very well. Love it. That's awesome. What a good name for a beer that would be in honor of the goalie, Dirty Stash. The Dirty Stash. <laughs> Bradley. Yeah, <laughs> we use, could we I'm sure use yeast, something else. Could yeah, we use yeast from his beard to make the beer? Or to make the beard? Ooh, that's getting real beard. deep. I like that. Yeah, I could, I could shave it down to like a pencil thin. <laughs> there you go 
Well, uh, Mahad, tell us a little more what we got in front of us here. Uh, what can you tell us about the Luck of the Loons Hellas Lager? Um, Bradley, I'd let you take over, sir. I've only been there three weeks, so. Um, yeah, so during the COVID shutdown, we had nothing but time, so we decided that we would brew lager. So uh, uh, the Hellas, the Luck of the Loons was the first lager we brewed. Um, after that, we did uh, the Essential Industry German Dry Hopped Pilsner. And then uh, Becca's name for our India Pale Lager is the Star Spangled Slammer. Um, so those were the three lagers we brewed, but the Hellas was the first one that we brewed. Um, and yeah, since we knew the MLS was coming back um, in a tournament form, we thought it was appropriate to have a beer um, for those fans to come enjoy or pick up via curbside if they didn't feel comfortable to watch the game. So it's 4.7%. Um, it is... Uh, very traditional uh, Hellas lager. Um, it's, yeah, basically Pilsner, um, Munich, um, a little bit of wheat for head retention, and that's about it. It's, uh, it's real tasty. I'm digging it right There now. it is. It is delicious. Um, yeah, it's traditional in that we, uh, it's all Zaz. All's what? I'm sorry, what was that? All Zaz hops. Oh, okay. I like to call Saz because that's just me. <laughs> hey, there you go. No, this is uh, this is fantastic, and it's kind of been the summer of loggers for me over here. So this is uh, this is real tasty, and I've had more than a few. And this is uh, yeah. yeah, this is it's high up there for sure. Yeah, I think awesome. Mahad when Thank I had I had you the bet. pleasure of Mahad when you grabbed me one of the Hellas's yesterday in the tap room. It was just immediately like, oh yeah, this is what I wanted right now. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. yep. so that, that's a good beer. It's very very drinkable. I'm enjoying yep. it. Thank you. So, Mahad, you said lagers is like your favorite or one of your favorite styles. What kind of draws you to that? Because I know you uh, you talked to us a little yesterday about how you've also got some brewing experience. Does that just come mm -hmm. from, like, the, the taste of a lager, or do you enjoy the brewing process of a lager more? Um, I most likely I, – I got into it for sure in the, just from the process of it. Um, I think it's okay. also some of my hobbies really involve being outdoors as well. Um, and it's really hard to, you know, have a, a bomber of darkness or a barley wine while you're mountain climbing or hiking. So at the end of the day, um, I think that's mostly where it comes in. Um, I really got into the industry, I think, just in a little bit differently. Uh, my mother is Ethiopian, um, and there is a culture in um, Ethiopia where um, the women are the master brewers. Um, and it's a long tradition that goes back thousands of years. Um, it's kind of um, the town that kind of has the best brew is usually um, the woman that basically makes the best brew. Um, so that's where kind of like the communal center or the um, gathering communal building is usually um, whichever whoever has basically the bragging rights of making the best brew in that town. Um, so that's kind of her background. So I remember like, you know, um, being from San Diego as a kid, just running around at seven years um, in the kitchen, just helping her out with um, some of the stuff. And as I've gotten older and moved around, I never really paid attention to it until, you know, I was 16, uh, got into the industry. I was a busboy at a restaurant. And then from there, I was a bartender at 21 and kind of got into the industry. And that was kind of um, how I kind of fell in love with craft beer, um, working at a Legion Post in Chicago um, that had a um, 
craft beer on tap. Um, and that's kind of how I've gotten into home brewing. Didn't really pay much attention to it up until six, seven years ago um, when Harriet was open here in South Minneapolis. Um, and they were hiring for someone at the door and to run some of their ambassadors because they were starting their um, food truck rally and stuff. Um, so I got into it that way and um, I was only there for about six months. Um, and then a friend of mine um, who was a home brewer or who was home brewer at the time um, was also going into the old space of Northgate, um, which was kind of was what 56 went into after Northgate moved into their building at 280. Um, so him and I talked um, and kind of put me under his wings. He was like, well, if you want a full-time job doing this, um, I can't really pay someone back a house right away, but we're opening. And if you want a full-time bartender job and maybe two days back a house with me. So I kind of got in there that way. Um, I was at 56 for two years um, and then left, um, went to Sociable. I was at Sociable for another two years. Um, I've gotten to know Ramsey, who opened up his own brewery, came back from Michigan. Um, coincidentally, who also used to be at Harriet and then by way of Dangerous Man and then moved to Michigan. I've gotten to know him and him and I have talked and I worked at one um, for the short, short time that they were open. Um, yeah, and then... Once that was done, COVID happened, and uh, now I am working with uh, Bradley Becca and at Dual Citizen Brewing Company. Yeah, what so a that's cool kind journey. of my short. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's so interesting and just so atypical from I think the the things a lot of the things we hear. I mean, really not, but just like uh, ultimately where it's rooted back to. You know, you just starting with telling us how you know and you know these. Uh, cities in Ethiopia how like the the women were the master brewers and like I had no idea and I mean mm -hmm. that's just that's so cool and you know yeah. to hear you you know then growing up in San Diego and seeing that and yeah. taking it with you to now where you are today at Dual Citizen and also yeah. finding a way to bring beer back to the community it, it sounds like you've really made a journey that's kind of come full circle and it's yeah it's awesome so was Absolutely. that was that a subtle humble brag that your mom's a badass brewer <laughs> uh, my mom is a fucking badass brewer. It, it, it was a little Michelle bit, Bradley. just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm sure she's retired now and isn't in her kitchen anymore. But um, yeah, and, and that's, and I mean, it, it kind of relates to also like just historically the, the old English alewives, right? Like this has always been, I mean, this is, you know, a thing that came from Africa and it's always been women for traditionally until um, always has been. Um, um, so yeah, women. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of history that I don't think we tend to give really a lot of credit for at the end of the day with, um, and granted, you know, um, American brewers in the last 30, 40 years have really taken it to another level that it has never been. But at the end of the day, it's like, if you look around the world and even what's happening in some of the uh, monasteries, you know, in Europe and throughout the world where it's like people still go there. Um, some of the best beers around the world are there. People are having to travel there just to get their beers at the end of the day. So um, just a little bit of historical perspective and we wouldn't be where we're at without paying homage to that. That's so cool. No, I really appreciate that. I like when people still acknowledge that, you know, um, and also, too, like one of our favorite things about just doing the show, the whole reason it started is, you know, having a platform to allow people to just tell their stories and 
So thank you for sharing with us. That was of course. very of course. fun. Yeah. Um, thank you guys. You bet. Uh, bringing it back to what we have in front of us, Mahad, before we let you yeah. go, yeah. we always try to do a five star or on a scale of five stars uh, uh, <laughs> for all of our beers. Maybe it is a five star. We'll see. Um, what are you giving the Luck of the Loons Hellas Lager? I'm giving this a fucking five plus. Love there we it. go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a yeah. good beer. It is. <laughs> I, uh, I am typically the guy who is more traditionally like harder on beers for just no reason. That's just me. But I will say this beer has been phenomenal. I loved it when I tried it in the tap room. I'm loving it now. It's easy drinking. It's hitting all the notes for me of what I would expect. Eric, I think I'm going 4.5 on this one. That's a strong strong score. Extra strong score coming from you. (laughs) Oh, man. Put me in a tough place. Like I said, it has been the summer of lagers. There's been no shortage of those in the mini fridge at the house. But this holds its ground, man. Um, I got to put it at... Four six, not not some oh, one-upsmanship here, but <laughs> it's a it's a really solid yeah. beer. If I gave it, you know, anything less, I'd be lying. It's it's a treat. Yeah. Uh, I also had one it. yesterday. Um, so. Truth be told, that's the first lager I've ever brewed. Well, you did an excellent job. Well, thank you. Uh, I'd I'm say happy yeah. <laughs> well done, great, sir. Hats off great, to you. Great work, Bradley. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's a tasty one. Well, strong scores all around for the... You'll like the pills better. Sorry. <laughs> Did you have a hand in that one? Was the pills your idea? No, I just love a good pills, and he just knocked it out of the park with that one. It's just like, it's like, oh, like a Czech style almost. It's got that like dry, like slightly hoppy, kind of like citrusy. Oh, it's just so good. Still on tap? Yeah. It is, yes. Nice. I'll have to pop in. And yeah, that's two in fermentation right now. Very nice. Love Exciting. it. I have to try that out when we inevitably stop in the tap room again because that, yeah, that sounds pretty tasty. It's going to be very um, soon. Shameless plug. Uh, we recently bought a slow pour faucet today. Yeah. So the next time you come in, uh, we will be pouring slow pour pills at Dual Citizen. Oh, I love it. The little wiggly jiggly tap. Yes, the Wiggly Jiggly Tap. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. It's, we, yeah. That's a proper pour is a Wiggly Jiggly Tap. Uh, <laughs> side pour, slow pour pills is what we're calling it. Interesting. Okay. I don't think I've ever had a slow Teach pour. Each their own. I'm you never sold. had one? No. It's like this much. It's like, it's like this much head on top of your pills in it. And then it's like, I, I call it wiggly jiggly because the foam is like, it's supposed to be able to wiggle. Like, yeah, true. Yeah. Like, so you right. have like an obscene amount of head, but it's just kind of like how a proper poured pills is. in a Pilsner glass with like that much head. Well, I've never had jiggly. a proper Pilsner. Stop in a dual citizen and they'll do it the right way. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm digging that. Well, Mahad, thanks for chatting with us. We'll get back to you before the close of the show. We got a couple speed round questions to get to. Sweet. But up next. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Bradley. (laughs) Oh, it's Becca. (laughs) Oh, I hate attention. I mean, get out of here. (laughs) Becca, what are we drinking tonight? (laughs) I'm not ready to stop. I'm empty here. It's time for a new one. She's already halfway through the crawler. 
Oh yeah, I'm pretty much done. This is like the nerves kicking in, so I have to get a buzz on so I don't freak out and talk really fast. <laughs> you and me both. I'm drinking current, as in black current, events, which is a conical sour, and I still don't know exactly what that means, so Bradley's gonna have to answer that. Please do. But it's black current, lemon, and pineapple. Oh, that sounds four point seven percent. Nice and light, chuggable. Yeah, Eric, I don't typically tell people they made a mistake, but you made a mistake by not ordering this one yesterday. Ooh. We'll find out. Because it was pretty tasty. Thank you, sir. I say this isn't like, this isn't a beginner sour. I think this is someone that likes sours, drinks this. It's very tart. Okay. It doesn't have that kind of, you know, like sours that are more approachable, almost kind of like, what is that Finnegan's beer that I like, Bradley? That tart oh, wow. ale? It was a tart ale. It was uh, not necessarily a sour, but just, yeah. It's so a blend, like I basically, is like, that they do. Yeah, so it's like more approachable that way. It's got that slight tartness, but it's still pretty sweet, and it doesn't have that kind of like lip puckering. I always say it's almost like vinegar. Like if you drank a shot of vinegar, you'd be like. <laughs> yeah, it definitely gets you <laughs> like right is, here. Yeah, so you get those, yeah, you suck your cheeks in. This is more for someone, I think, that already decided they like sours and can appreciate the tartness versus someone who's not totally sure they're sold on one. But I do think everybody can drink this. And I think pe people that might not like beer might like this because it kind of rides the line of like maybe a cider. Sure. Yeah. I've been noticing that in the tap room in general, the, the there's, I mean, we obviously all get beginner people into the craft beer industry that come in, in the tap room. And I find like fruited ales and sours are perfect to just stick in front of somebody for one of their first craft beers and generally you mean, the people that come up, you mean the people that come up to the counter and go, uh, so I actually don't like craft beer. What should I have? And you're like, yeah. I'm sorry. Why are you in a brewery? Yeah. 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 You have a water dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How thirsty are you? It's, it, it can be tough to be patient sometimes with those questions. I, you know, always try to do the best to walk people, you know, along and, you know, give them something they'll hopefully like and, and buy and come back for. But it can be tough sometimes, especially when you get that where it's like you're behind the bar to craft brewery and they're like, oh, I don't like craft beer. What do you got? It's you yeah. put me you got me on the ropes now. It's like. But I usually guide them down the sour route because I feel like people that like ciders or wine kind of gravitate towards that fruity tart beer versus like people are like oh well i'll just give them a light beer because a light beer is easy drinking but it still yeah. tastes like beer still so the like idea beer. is to kind of like introduce them to something that's a little more familiar to their palate and then kind of guide them mm -hmm. you know, totally to other beer so. i think one of my least favorite questions in the tap room is uh oh what shot oh, of jameson yeah th that too <laughs> but uh i just get a coors light and a bump yeah yeah underberg is for it's your, what it what's your favorite beer on tap and it's like oh yeah. come on that's a fun one though for me because that means it's someone who's willing to like roll the dice like if they're asking what you like it's they generally are probably not going to be disappointed like that's someone that i can have like a fun conversation with and you know maybe give them a couple couple samples little beer rushing yeah. or that kind of deal but uh i suppose i've never had one turn back to me but Still, I always worry because I think, well, what I like is not necessarily what you like, and I don't want to be put in that awkward position. You know, I like it's interpreting Then I asked it then. Yeah, that's fair. I like your Which, straight on attitude about that. 
That's yeah. their fault. <laughs> Which is why, really, Bradley, I think you should totally, once winter comes or fall, you should make that malt liquor because, you know, yes. people, in their, people in their heyday in the 80s and 70s when malt liquor was really high. And, like, you know, they're coming in and wanting really high ABV stuff. I mean, I think it'd be perfect just, in the slushy machine. You were talking about, <laughs> you guys ever drink the Mickey's Bombs? Am I the only person yep. that ever drank Mickey's Bombs? Yeah, they're called yeah. Stingers. Oh, Absolutely. Thank you. I was just talking to someone about this. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, I used to drink a bottle of Hennessy and Mickey's grenades when I was young. And no one seems Becca, to Becca, you're OG as fuck. I know, it's gross. <laughs> my I got a lot parents, of hair on my chest. My <laughs> parents live up in northern Minnesota in the country. And my mom's version of happy hour is uh, a couple Mickey's grenades and a rip on the golf cart through the woods. <laughs> it's like, it'll never get old. Like, it's, a, it's her version of happy hour, but she's, you know, in her 60s now. And she still does it on the weekends. And more power to her. Uh, Sounds like a whole lot of fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. A couple of my first nights have probably come from malt liquor, though. But yeah, but oh, it's I'm not saying I made all the right decisions drinking it, but I definitely <laughs> drank a lot of it. Yeah, there, yeah, stories come from those nights for sure. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you could not have described the one we've got in front of us more perfect. Like, just. Just sipping it, it's like all the tartness seems to be like hitting me like right in the front, like right between the teeth on the tongue. I'm not getting like any weird pucker back in my cheeks. It's still tart, but it's, uh, there's nothing that's like, uh, there's nothing really lingering for uh, an extended period of time. It keeps me wanting to come back and the carb on it's crisp enough. It's, I don't know, it's a, it's a summer sour for sure. It's pretty excellent. I, th I get lemon on it right away, super heavy. Lemon? Probably would. You do make beer slushies with it too. Bradley would be really upset if I shared this because he's not a huge fan of the slushy machine. But the nice thing about sour is, is they hold up so well on the slushy machine and we don't add any like ice or anything to it. So it's just the beer that turns into a slushy, but we will add like extra flavoring to it. Um, but it's really delicious in slushy form if you're willing to flirt with that. That's really it. Whose idea was that? I've never heard of a brewery having a slushy machine. Uh, that was Lexi, right, Bradley? Lexi Ward. She's our, our events girl. She used to work at Prairie in Oklahoma. She's from there. And they just do, Prairie Artisan Ales does the craziest shit all the time. So they did that at her brewery, and she was pretty set on bringing it into our brewery. So we did it. That's pretty And it's cool. I think cool. it's like... It's been fun. It's, it's, it has. It's obnoxious. It's like the most over-the-top, ridiculous shit you can think of. But the thing is, is it actually tastes good. And people want something out of the ordinary right now. And that's yeah. kind of satisfying that. And you're not losing you're not losing the flavor of the beer. It's not, we're not taking away from the fact that it's a legitimate beer that's the base of what it is. It just has all this shit on top of it that makes it ridiculous. For whatever reason, I can't imagine somebody being mad about having a sour beer, a sour smoothie, not sour smoothie, sour I icy see, beer. I see smoothie too. I <laughs> say smoothie all the time. It's a personal issue. I need to figure it out. It actually sounds pretty tasty. Yeah. And I'm just all for like alternatives, especially in the tap rooms. Like is, you know, if you can keep people in there and keep them wanting to come back for more, I mean, that's the goal at the end of the day. And you always got to have, you know, a crowd pleaser. Um, I think the malt liquor idea is also a great idea, too, because how many breweries do you know that do a malt liquor? Not a lot. I don't know any. No. Very few. But uh, 
we got a chance to talk to Muhammad and hear about his backstory a little bit. Becca, can you kind of tell us how you got to be uh, the marketing coordinator with Dual Citizen? I have no idea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of up here. Uh, I've been in the industry since I could see over a counter. So I've known um, a lot about this side of the industry and I was a bartender for many years in uptown. Then I was a beer buyer for a long time and then I got a job working for Bad Weather Brewing Company. Um, I was one of their first hires before they opened. I worked there for about three and a half years doing sales. And then I worked over at Fulton and then did marketing for them. And then I went over to do Very cool. So what made you want to take the marketing approach? Obviously, just like judging by talking to you, you sound like a very approachable, like chatty oh, really? person. So I'm trying very hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was that pathway that you wanted to get into the marketing and even prior doing some of the sales? I'm a very visual person. I'm very creative and I really enjoy a good label or like when I go to, when I go buy a bottle of wine, I base it off of the feel of a label or the look of a bottle, not how much it costs, but what it looks like. So for me, I get a lot of satisfaction out of visual stuff, photos, how people are interacting. And I feel like that was a different way to approach an industry that I felt like I understood really well. Like I know how to brew beer. I understand beer, but I want to be able to communicate the kind of, personality of craft beer so marketing seemed like the right approach for me creatively nice so what are some of the things creatively and adding your own personal spin as a i don't want to say pseudo artist but it, i mean you are an artist in your own ah, so what is ego. What, what are some of the things you you like to do when you know in your marketing position I mean, I'm all about photos. I took a photography class in college. And so for me, it's all about, like I said, the visual side of it, the people. I think that we lose touch with what happens. Like, you see photos of beer, right? And you're like, oh, this looks like a delicious beer I want to drink. Well, what, what is that? How is that dual citizen? Granted, it's a very good beer, but by a picture, how do you really determine why you want to go there or what draws you to the aspect of that brand. It's everything else that surrounds it because as much as craft beer is about the product, it has to be about the people. And like you said, the mission statement, what is, what are they doing in the community or who are they as people that makes me want to be there? And I think my job is, and what's important to me is creating an experience through you through social media so that you can get a grasp on, why you want to sit at my table and you want to drink a pint at our brewery, you know? So were you part of the, the process to make like putting like the banners up and I don't, I don't want to say labeling yourself as the, the loons soccer brewery, but were you, how was that introduced? You know, that was before my time with them. Uh, the previous head brewer was a big soccer fan as well. And so they, we had a relationship with the True North Elite where they would have their watch parties and their like pregame parties at our brewery. So we kind of created our space as a place that people would want to pregame before they went to the games because we're right on the green line too. So you could just hop on the train, go to the game and then come after you went to the game and have some more drinks. So I think it was just the fact that that was kind of a part of who we were as people, at least the owners. 
and that was reflected in how they branded part of the brewery with uh, Minnesota United stuff and stuff like that. Right, sure. I think that's interesting because you don't see, I mean, obviously we, we all know of sports bars, yeah. but I don't know of too many like branded sports breweries, you know, that puts that at the front. Yeah. I think you're diving, you know, you, the one downside is you're diving deep into a, a niche, you know, so you might lose the people that love beer but don't want to have you know, a bunch of 60 inch TVs with the Vikings playing, you know, every Sunday, it might, those people might not want to come spend money on those days. So I think anytime you do like, uh, I don't want to use the word gimmick, but anything, anytime you say we're the, you know, we're the, this bar, it's, yeah. well, the people who don't like that, you know, might at a glance be like, well, that's not for me. So, but I am curious. Um, I'm glad you kind of mentioned your location because to, piggyback on that something i wanted to ask you is there's no shortage of breweries in that area like and i can think of a lot of good ones too just if you go either direction down university um how do you kind of handle that from a marketing side do you see it as like is it a you know you're in constant communication figuring out what other people are doing is it a competitive thing or is it almost kind of you um you know look ahead and ignore the the competition I mean, I guess what I would say first is like, there is a lot of camaraderie in the industry and there's a lot of love. So I don't think that we ever treat anything like competition. Cool. So no, I wouldn't say that there is any kind of like, oh, you did that, I'm gonna do that better than you next time around. Like, oh, you, you think you're good at that? Watch me do this. It's not like that at all. I try not to compare myself to other people because I think that that can be hindering to myself creatively. And the sure. whole idea of being in this position was to create a voice for dual citizen. And if I'm constantly comparing or sizing myself up to the other guys, I'm limiting myself of what I can do for our brand without any kind of preconceived ideas of what everyone else is doing. So I try to stay within what I think we need to be and how we need to represent ourselves you know, without comparing to the other guys. So I, I did that for Fulton. I did social media for them and I love them and I respect them, but I found that they were pretty boring. Like it was like very much like a certain, like it's very professional, but it, it lacked a sense of personality. And part of the reason I struggled is I didn't really feel like I had a voice and I didn't know how to be Fulton. And it was instead of being like, all right, Becca, we hired you to be the voice of Fulton, it was, okay, this is what Fulton is, now we need you to continue to do this. And there, when, you, when you hinder someone creatively and you tell them they have to be a certain way, you're not giving them the opportunity to really grow their position. And that's kind of what I promised myself I wouldn't do when I got the position with Dual Citizen. And granted, we had no social media, it was hot garbage. No one had taken over it. And I was the one that <laughs> initiated it because I said, social media and the internet is the most impactful way that people are finding out about each other. We are a digital world, especially the younger generations. And we can sit in our pajamas on our couch and decide where we want to go that evening without having to get up. So it's the idea is what, what can I do to make you want to come to our business? That kind of wraps back around to what I said earlier. So no, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, compare myself to Summit or Surly or to anybody, because one, I can't, I'm, we're not that big. And they already have established a pretty incredible clientele. So for me, it's about who, who do we want to be and how do we want to do it? I love that. That's a 
It's awesome. Yeah, perfect answer. Do you find it a little bit easier to position yourself as a brand when you are smaller compared to you know, working at Fulton? Because I feel like you, once you reach this certain level of you know, just being like a big brand, you kind of have to cater to much more people and keep them under the umbrella without really going too crazy with the brand. Again, like, like you said, I love Fulton too, but nothing really significant about them jumps out to me about their brand other than they make good beer. Yeah. I would say that I felt like I feel a lot more censored because like you said, they are established and they're bigger and you feel like there's a lot more eyes on you that have already decided what Fulton is to them or what they represent in the community. And I felt like, yeah, there's a lot of limitations within that. And I feel like being smaller and not as established, there's a lot of freedom to flirt with different kind of ideas and make mistakes and be able to come back from that without having the whole world blow you up on the web and say, did you fucking see what Baca said on Dual Systems page the other day? <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't hurt me. And like, we, we swear and we make bad jokes and we laugh and, it, and Bradley can attest for this. Like we had a video that was pretty ridiculous and people were like, I can't believe you guys swore on the internet. And we're like, well, people that are drinking craft beer should be 21, so no kids should be watching these videos anyways. You know? <laughs> right. So there's these ideas where there's a lot of freedom to, to have fun. And I think that's a lot of the time what we miss in craft beer is we take ourselves so fucking serious when it's literally just beer. And Amen. we lose that aspect of like, what do, what do we actually do when we drink craft beer? We're not like, hmm, the SRM is about four. Uh, <laughs> I can smell the IBUs. They're so ridiculous. You know, like, not like that. <laughs> we're getting fucking weird and we're laughing and we're partying and we're hanging out. And it's so much more of a sense of like community. And I think that that's not portrayed in marketing very well a lot of the time. And so I try to steer so far from that on the other end. I love to hear that so much. Cause even like if I totally remove myself from the industry, just as a patron, like I like going to places where it's busy you know, people are working hard, but they're having fun. You know, it seems like there's a sense of, you know, just camaraderie and, you know, productivity is up when, when people are happy and having a good time. Mm -hmm. And it, I feel awkward when I go into a place where like everyone's dressed exactly the same and it's like this weird uniform thing and people are, you know, robotically stocking things. And it's just the typical, you know, just mundane small talk. It's like, have, have some fun with it. You know, let your, let your personality shine. And I know it can't happen at, at all places, but I'm happy that uh, y'all can be yourselves where you're at. Cause that's, <laughs> that just makes me feel happy. So. And to oh, yeah. your, um, yeah. to, to your point, uh, Becca, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, this industry is made of people that don't necessarily take themselves seriously in all facets. So why is it then, are we afraid to really put that out from a marketing standpoint, from a social media right. standpoint? Why can't we really bring that out forth and show it to the public? Because we know it, we're in it. Um, 100%, yeah. 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 Something to be said about being genuine and being true to who you are. Yep. And you know, when you, when you start censoring things, like you were saying, Becca, it's just, you, you lose that sense of personality. And it's like, I go to a brewery to have fun. I'm always excited to go to one excited to go to work every day and it's because i like to say no one is ever in a bad mood when they go to a, a brewery it's just one of those feel-good spots so let's keep it that way let's keep it genuine well said thanks man i have my moments <laughs> well 
bringing it back to the the current events conical sour oh by the way maybe maybe we can dive into the whole conical part once we get uh up bradley up next but uh my mind is still he made made a point that i had to say conical so i mean we need to touch on this okay (laughs) yeah when i googled it it just took me to like northern brewer equipment and i was like well this doesn't help i think i have an idea but i'm as always more than willing to be wrong i part of the reason for doing the show is just getting schooled each and every week that's how i learned so no, um, I'd love to hear your interpretation. Mental jujitsu. Well, uh, my interpretation before or my interpretation after doing a little Googling? Uh, both. Well, before I went to like something with shellfish. Um, I thought of flowers. <laughs> How did uh, you get to shellfish? I'm curious. Uh, conical? I'm thinking like, like, a, like a conch shell. Like, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's where my head went. And then... Uh, sure. Yeah, Google brought me other places into like the the shape of it, the the of the fermentation vessel. So you are yes, Google brought you to the right. <laughs> not to fish, not to fish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm excited to hear more about that and kind of why you decided to uh, to uh, choose to go with that route. But if I'm just basing it off of flavor alone. Oh man, it's, it was really tasty. I think as I started getting a little deeper down, I realized it wouldn't be something that I can just sit outside and just drink all day. Like as much as I do love it, like uh, a 16 ounce glass, like I would be solid and and very happy and content at the end of it. But uh, you know, Um, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not the biggest sour drinker. I'm like a one and done. Like it's a good way to reset your palate you've had a lot of hoppy beer or something that's really abrasive to your palate. Like it's a good way to kind of center yourself and reset before you try the next beer. Um, that being said, um, we really like them as a beer cocktail. So Ooh, over ice, sure. with, uh, some gin yes, and a little do. bit of uh, soda water yeah. um, they really shine through. Um, they play well with tequila or uh, vodka if you want. Uh, even bourbon, nice. depending on the sour. So it just depends on what you're, what you like. Cool. I love that interpretation on it. No, and I, I didn't mean any disrespect on it whatsoever. It's. Uh, oh no, none taken. Yeah, it's. Uh, it is really tasty. I, I'm digging it. I haven't been doing a ton of sours this summer, but it is a style I always come back to, and I always, I always enjoy that that little pucker. Um, yeah. Which this was not intense. This was, it was approachable and. Sure. Uh, if I had to give it a, a rating, I would probably put it at a, I think I'm going to put it at a solid four. Still a pop score? Yeah, just for what it is. Like, if I'm having a pint of it off the tap or even a 10-ounce, like, super happy. Thanks. We'll take it. Um, so, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you first. I think for this beer, first of all, Love lemons, so you hit that was already a win, and I'm the resident sour nerd between us two, so you already started off powerful right there. Um, Eric, I think this is an all-day slammer for me. I could have 34 of these and probably not be standing, but be happy with myself. Apparently, to each their own. No, yeah. you're a, you're the sour man. I. Uh... My favorite candy was Warheads as a kid. Oh, so. God, those were so Dexo. horrible, but I loved them. I loved, yeah. I always wanted to bite in them way too early. Nope, See, you got to be a pro. I, don't know. I was not. always eating the Sour Patch Kids, and I would suck the sourness off them that it would 
so much so that it would cut my tongue and I would be bleeding. Oh from my God. God. Damn. That's horrible. That's like my memory of warheads is my. <laughs> wow. Um, so back to the conical sour. So yeah, yeah. the reason we call it a conical sour is because we are not souring inside the kettle anymore. Uh, we basically brew the beer that we want to sour. Then we knock out in fermentation as we normally would. And then we actually sour inside of our conical fermenter. So that's why we refer to it as a conical sour versus a kettle sour. Very cool. So we use a designer yeast to do this. So it creates lactic acid during primary fermentation. So it rips through fermentation in roughly about seven days. Um, and this batch, uh, before we fruited it, uh, turned out to be 4.9%, and we dropped the pH to 3.19. And then we back fruited it, and that obviously diluted uh, the beer itself, so we ended up at 4.7. Nice. I, I was going to comment on that, too. I do love when the sours are sitting, like, right in that mid-four. Like, that's kind of my preferred, I guess, like, ABV for that style. It's not something I want, you know up in like the high fives. I kind of like raise an eyebrow when I see that, but uh, no. So right on the money there, delicious. Um, yeah, I'm standing by the four. What are you thinking? Well, as I just poured myself <laughs> another one, because yeah. I can't get enough of this. Um, I think it deserves a 4.9 out of me. I think it's like a, I could have 34 of these. I love it. Always be satisfied. So excellent beer. To all of you that had a hand in this. I'm so glad you like you for exploding my taste buds with nothing but deliciousness. How about for your take on it, Becca? I know you said you uh, you really like the sours, that style. I would give a solid 4.5. Wow. 4.5? What would kind of be I love like... it. His Saturday night kind of pink, I would give a solid like 5 plus. Nice. I just, I like this one. This is more champagne-y and dry. And it's delicious, but I'm, I'm kind of like, could have one or two and, and be good. Kind of like Bradley said, like it's one or two and it's resets your palate and then you're good to go. But it's a very good reset. Like I enjoy the reset. What's like your standby sour? Like the one that you, you oh, kind of measure things up against, or is it like a first one you remember trying? What was the first sour I tried? That's a deep question. That was years ago. No worries. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm drinking for half my life. Grizzled vet already. I don't know. Let me think on that. Get back to me. For my sure. first sour was not a kettle sour, but it's still one of my favorites to this day. Uh, but Rodenbach Grand Cru. Okay, that is, nice. That is a great, great beer. I yeah, like so again, you, like you set the mark high from the first one. I, my first sour I ever tried was... Uh, Cuvée de Jacobin, and after that, Ooh, I was just like, I, yep. I, it, <clears throat> it blew is, my uh, mind. Yeah. Duchess, a lot of people start out with as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, I, I started off on one of Junkyard's million different sours that they've done. I started off with that, loved that, and then inevitably found Omni's Lime Goes, which was the first sour to really <laughs> blow me away, and then the infamous <clears throat> Falling Knife Lime Kolsch that I have I, I dream about it. It's it's a oh, mild obsession. But I mean, hey, this is a computer right here, so it's yeah. it's a solid beer. No, um, thank you for joining us, uh, Becca. Talking sours, talking marketing. It's been awesome. Sure. 
we'll also get back to you at the end with some uh, some lightning round questions. But uh, up next, we've got one final beer to dive into before we get out of here. And our guest is the man responsible for making it. All the juice. What are we drinking? First of all, probably <laughs> worth saying this is this is Bradley Zimmerman, head brewer of uh, of Dual Citizen. Hey, Bradley. Hello. Um, yes, uh, the final beer is called Ola Beaches. It is a New England IPA. It's very tropical. Um, it's very also very approachable at 5.5% alcohol. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a beer that I I made because I really enjoy this style, um, but I wanted something tropical and I didn't want it to be 8% like a lot of um, other breweries are doing right now with uh, these style of beers. Um, Thank also, you for that. I appreciate we that. didn't add any lactose to it, so uh, anybody with a milk allergy is free to enjoy this beer because we do not add any lactose to our beer. Oh, that! Oh yeah, tons of tropical, right on the nose there. Hate to be the snob. I know you don't like that, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what she said. And you can say oh, what you, you can say what you smell. <laughs> Getting uh, a lot of, I'm getting a lot of coconut, a lot of a uh, banana. Just kidding. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's tasty. I only have a scotch left because it was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Oh yeah, I'm enjoying that. And yourself on the back over there, Bradley. It's so my beer is so good. I don't even have any left. It's not. I as... was the last one to go, Becca. I'm sorry. That. <laughs> wow. He was okay. thirsty. It's warm. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't as abrasively thick. It has like a full body mouthfeel. It's like a full. It okay. Hold on. Great mouthfeel, but yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not. There's nothing heavy or dense about it. Um, it it's perfect. At, at, at that, what you said, five point four percent, probably. Did I? Hit that? Uh, five five. Five five. Yeah, I think that's sitting at a good range. And again, I I think there's something to be said about brewing a hazy that's more approachable than something that's in the sevens or eights because sometimes that just gets a little ridiculous um yeah with this beer i just wanted the hops to shine through so i mean i basically just laid the groundwork for it and let them do the work uh, the heavy lifting for me so um yeah we treat it um like most hazies in that we will um only add the hops uh during whirlpool once we drop the temp down to about 190 185 and then we'll hit it hard uh, with the uh, Whirlpool edition, and then again uh, with dry hop editions. Um, but uh, yeah, we basically just let the hops do the talking for this beer and just give it a nice uh, pillowy, um, soft base to work with. I'm digging it. No, that's awesome. It's it's delicious. And yeah, to to agree with what you said, it's I, I also appreciate the low ABV because I do love the the New England hazies, but. Uh, yeah, when they start getting up there at like eights, it's just it's a bit much. And I know recently at, at Baldman, um, we uh, we always have like a flagship, uh, our psychedelic haze IPA, which is always on tap. But recently they brewed a, a beer uh, for ALS awareness, and it's uh, called the Hold the Line, and it's a hazy pale ale, and it's just super nice, you know, tropical, a little peachy, and also sitting right down there at like right around five, four, five, two. Um, so no, I, I like that people are, you know, dialing it back a little bit where I can sit down and have a couple of them. Thanks. Yeah. We'd like to, you guys to, you know, have a couple in the pub before you go home. 
yeah. or maybe take your crowler with you of whatever. Absolutely. You're enjoying that night. What's your favorite style to brew? Like what's, if you just have free reign to do like your own thing, what are you doing? I would turn the brewery into a saisonery. <laughs> nice. That's actually my one regret of our meeting yesterday is not trying the saison because I haven't had very many. It was so tasty. Of the saisons I have had, I have just loved them. And I'm sure you guys knocked that beer out of the park as well. I mean, it's so cost effective for the brewery and that we're barely using any hops. Also, we're knocking out at a very high temperature, so we're not using a lot of water. We're not requesting a lot from our glycol system because, again, we're fermenting so warm. Um, I love these beers. They're very simplistic. Um, they, you get a lot of character out of them because you have to let the yeast shine through, which has uh, been my focus of brewing for the last three years has been basically on yeast and yeast development. And that's kind of why we went with this designer yeast for this hour and that we can bypass the kettle and we save time. We don't have to kettle sour for 48 to 72 hours. We knock out like we normally would and we let the yeast do the work for us. Nice. You were, you were talking a little bit to us about uh, a lager yeast yesterday um, or something that is, uh, you know, a much more kind of a aggressive expedited fermentation. Would that be something you could dive into a little bit? Uh, yes. Uh, so we, well, Mahat had the uh, luck of the loon. So we brewed this beer again, um, but we did not use a traditional lager strain. Uh, we reached out to our friends at Omega Yeast in Chicago and we use the Lutra strain, which is a Kvike strain, but it does pseudo lagers very well. Um, okay. Normally with the Kvike strains, you're gonna ferment in the 90s to high 90s um, to produce these beers and they rip through fermentation and they're fabulous at doing what they do. Um, that being said, they came out with another strain called Lutra that you ferment on the ale side of yeast. So we're, we fermented this one at, uh, well, the new one, we fermented at 69 degrees and it has been showing very good promise. Like we just transferred it to the Bright today and started carbonating it. Uh, we doubled down and brewed the Pilsner with it again. And then we will uh, also brew the House of Beer Built with it. Uh, that IPA will be fermenting with that yeast. And then we'll finish it off with brewing our uh, Fest beer, um, AKA Oktoberfest uh, with, that, with that yeast as well. So. I'm really excited about the possibility of all this, uh, but early early signs with the Hellas, um, everything's tasting exactly where we want it to be right now. That's nice. Fantastic. And I'm sure, Mahab, this is just music to your ears, being the, the lager fan that you are, <laughs> too, and being able to get more lagers out there. Absolutely. Um, I look forward to the day where, again, like Bradley said, saisonery to like when we can just make all lagers and <clears throat> for the most part at the end of the day. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely music to my ears. Very nice. So Bradley, what was the, I'm super interested to know. I mean, we touched on it a little bit yesterday, but how was your path in getting to where you are now at dual citizen and being the, the head brewer? Um, where do you want to start? Hey, you pick a place, man. Um, okay. So I, I guess it's easiest to start when uh, my wife and I first moved here from Seattle. Um, I'm the former founding head brewer at Invictus Brewing Company, and that's what brought us to Minneapolis. Um, we, well, I started that brewery um, back in March and well, March of 2017. And I got them up and running, uh, wrote all the recipes, uh, got them um, 
basically up and running and you know producing all the deers that uh, you see today minus the cider and seltzers that they're doing now because that was after I left. Um, so that's what brought us here to Minneapolis and we really enjoy it living here. Um, coming from Seattle, it's a uh, kind of a similar type of uh, community in that we do have lots of diversity here. Uh, the food scene is amazing. The beer scene is amazing. The music scene is amazing. Uh, we live in a college town again and it's a liberal city. So we're, we're very happy here. It's, um, you know, kind of one and one and the same in that we live around water as well. So it kind of checked all the boxes for us. Who has the better uh, beer? What's that? <laughs> Who has the better beer? Uh, Seattle. Yeah, I second that. The dagger. Second that. I mean, when you have hop fields in your backyard, you're going to win every time. That's fair. I was hoping to win one for the home team because we can't seem to win a championship. So. <laughs> that being said, and they had a head start on you guys from day one. Um, yeah. The, the, the beer laws here are fucking atrocious. They're not great. You're not wrong, yeah. Uh, no, you're, I mean, they're stifling the industry. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I, I'll just slide I'll just slide one in for the Minnesota link. So we do have championships. Sure. Good point. I am a little ashamed that I forgot about that. Thank you, Mahad. <laughs> you're from San Diego, and you're still backing us up, man. I love you. Thank That's, you for that. I'm I'm just saying. You know, I I'm I I grew up a Raiders fan as well, so I I know the heartaches. Mm. <laughs> hey, sports ball. You don't know anything about sports ball. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, I gave up on this. So. He was a Raiders fan. He had to he had to distance yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. That just goes to show you never give up because eventually you go. will win the championship. <laughs> it's everyone's turn. I'm a fair I'm a fair weather fan. I'm everyone's fan. <laughs> Whatever's cool, I'm I'm on board for. Whatever jersey. Whatever team's the winning. That's the greatest kind of fan to be because you're never going to be disappointed. You're always winning. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we got to we gotta rate this one before we get out of here. Yeah, you know, I think I need to refresh my palate a little bit here. On this old <laughs> you going to pour another sour? <laughs> that would be disrespectful. Um, no, I'm digging this. I <sighs> Is this going to be another one or maybe the only one where you get all four plus stars out of me. I think it's, it's looking like it might be that way. Hey man, this is all subjective. <laughs> That's also one of his favorite words is like, we have a, we want to get a ticker at some point where we can count how many times uh, subjective subjectively comes up. We all have one, but on seven episodes, we'll probably at 93. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, what's uh, what's, what, what's yours? Oh man. I, I think I say I'm into it a lot. I think that's just like a default yeah. beer of me where it's like when I'm sitting across from someone who made the beer and I'm liking it, it's yeah. just like the easiest thing for me to say is like, I'm into I'm it, yeah, good, good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, nice work on all these. They're all super tasty. Um, super stoked that you all were able to sit down and chat with us and enjoy a few of your tasty beverages. Um, Thank you for having us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, anytime. Uh, tonight, Ola Beach's New England IPA. 4.3. Another good score out of you. It's, it's light. It's refreshing. It's, I think it was a good closer. Um, it's a style I am very familiar with. And like I said, I've been digging the hazy pale ales lately. So, yeah, it's just working for me. Yeah, I'm really, really loving all of like, the upfront tropical fruity flavors on it. And, again, like we stated earlier before, having a lower ABV on this, I can drink more, can enjoy more. Not have to worry too much about, you know, 
driving home after the brewery. So that's always a plus. Uh, this is a 21 plus podcast, beers and adult beverage. Please remember to drink responsibly. Bradley, I think you referred to the, the mouthfeel as pillowy, correct? Am I, yes. am I right in saying that? You know, and that is something that I might steal from you and use that from now on. Absolutely. Thank you. Because that yeah, was a, that's a beautiful way to describe how this feels. It just goes down super well, super smooth. Uh, I don't have to go 4 4 on this one. 4 4. Yeah, not to be the guy who one-ups you this time, but no, it was good. That just means we had some good guests on. I mean, solid beers across the board. Um, really, you know, don't have a bad thing to say about anything that was put in front of us tonight. And more than anything, just happy that you all were able to take time out of your busy lives and sit down and chat with us this evening. It means a lot. So, Bradley, what's the score you're giving it? I don't rate my own beer. Ooh. <laughs> He drinks it all and says, sorry, it was so good. I couldn't wait to drink the rest of it. But he can't Mm. rate it. (laughs) No, that's fair. I respect that. I I don't toot my own horn. That's for you guys to do. So we keep a running spreadsheet of, like, uh, guests and the best beers so we can kind of keep track of what our best beers are at the end of the year. Is it fair that if we don't get a rating, we can just put you in at a five? You guys do what you do. It's not (laughs) up to me. He loves this beer. Let me speak on behalf of Bradley right now. He is very proud of how he dialed this recipe in. He worked really hard with toasting the coconut and making sure it was what he wanted, where you said it was approachable and the ABV was lower, but it had all that big, big tropical flavor, but it was very smooth and approachable as a finish. Like, like you said, it wasn't heavy. So I would say he would give himself a big fat fucking five. Well, I think that's a testament to your workflow a little bit, Bradley, just because, I mean, by the way, we don't have to jump into it, but it, but the way you described it yesterday and working backwards and the way you do, you know, I think you got your process nailed down. Thank you. Yeah, own it, man. You're making good stuff, and, you know, we're going to keep uh, supporting it on our end, so appreciate it. Um, before we get out of here today, I want to just uh, – bring everyone back together for a second and ask our three flagship questions. Um, we can just go down the line and start with the order we went today, starting with uh, Mahad. Um, so ready whenever you are for question number one. I am ready for question number one. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite beer memory? We get a lot of locals around here, so we usually ask what your favorite Minnesota beer memory is, but if it's something – you know, from San Diego or elsewhere, mm-hmm. totally fair. Mm-hmm. When did you fall in love with beer? Um, well, I mean, I definitely fell in love with beer from my mom making beer at the end of the day. Um, um, but my favorite, favorite memory, um, I mean, like, just to back to, again, like, from a Minnesota, the first beer I've ever had from Minnesota was, like, the Summit EPA, which is, again, a classic, right? Anytime you're, yeah, it's still to this day. It's, um, you know, you're out in a wedding in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota somewhere. You know if you go to a dive bar, for sure, they're going to have an EPA on tap more than anything. So, it's still to this day. And it's classic. I mean, it still stands to... um, one of my one of my favorite favorite memories would probably have to be um, drinking uh, the um, the I want to say like it, it would have to be really um, just going back like 
shells out on a fishing trip, like shells light. Um, yeah. Um, like out in the boundary waters. Like that's probably one of my there favorites. Um, and that was like the first time I've ever been to the boundary waters coming from, you know, San Diego and having lived throughout other States as well. And, um, just getting that whole experience, uh, but having had EPA prior to that as well, but I think just that shells light, there's something about, you know, fly fishing out there in the boundary waters and um, getting some of that in. So, yeah. I'm on the same page. I'm a firm believer that the experience can definitely mm -hmm. help enhance the beverage in your hand. So, yeah. 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 How about for you, Becca? Ooh. I would say the most like significant or memorable would be I got to go to Star Keller and Jay Smarty was there and it was before it was like officially opened up and I went down with like the Bad Weather crew and um, the Little Thistle crew like Steve Finney and his wife and he dusted off some of his old like bottles that he had in his cellar and we got to drink some like amazing beer and it was like just a few of us in this beautiful space, drinking really cool beer and dusty old bottles. It was, and Jace Marty is probably one of the nicest, most humble like people I've ever met. Speaking of shells, such a rad dude and so talented. It was, it was pretty epic. That's you, so cool. Do you remember a particular favorite on what the, your favorite beer was from that day? Was it, it was, he had like a huckleberry or something like that sour that was really amazing. And he like, it was one of the really dusty ones and he just was like wait a second i think i got more over here and he just like blew the dust off like a fucking movie and was like <laughs> it was like so good oh that's awesome. Yeah, that oh. awesome very cool yeah that's that's a great experience i can't even imagine how about uh how about for you bradley uh um there's been a lot um <laughs> Uh, probably the one of the coolest beer experiences I ever had was I used to work for a beer bar in Seattle called Brower's Cafe and the owner Vern uh, would occasionally have us uh, over to his place and pop bottles and I mean his place was very unassuming you didn't really know what it was like until you walked in the door and then you really didn't know what it was like in his basement until you walked down there um, but he had basically turned his utility closet in like he ripped gutted everything out of it and basically made that into like this amazing beer shrine hall thing so he had a uh waterfall coming down to keep all the corks moist oh my and there was God. a single table in the middle and uh so the doorway is like a hobbit door because he's a very small gentleman um so even i had to like duck to get into this place and it can only hold three people because, again, it's a utility closet that he hollowed out to make this shrine of beer, wine, and, yeah. Anyway, just going in there and having him pop bottles of random uh, uh, Rodenbach bottles that were, you know, uh, Alexander, for example, uh, which they don't – they hadn't made in at least a decade he was just popping them freely. He's like, oh, I got cases. Don't worry about it. Like, you want to open another one? I'm like, dude, I'm not telling you what's open. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just sitting in his cellar and having him, like, kind of treat us to everything. And, uh, yeah, that was one of my fondest beer memories. That's incredible. It's pretty fantastic, some of the situations you'll find yourself in over beer, bad or good. Great way to make friends, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So I think I'm going to take the second one in snake order. So we'll start with Bradley on this one and work our way back up the line. Okay, okay. Bradley, if you had to name your favorite guilty, and I think I have an idea on what it's going to be, but what would you consider your favorite guilty pleasure beer? I know exactly. Yep, there it is. My man. (laughs) Knew it. I knew that was coming. This is also the house that Ham's built. Uh, Yeah, no, we we enjoy Ham's over here. That's just a common thread between everybody in the Minnesota craft beer world. Everybody loves hams. I can't. Nothing wrong with it. I hate hams. I I can't stand hams. But that means that if we were doing this interview in Seattle, it would be Rainier. I do love Uh, Rainier. Also, a great choice. Rainier's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, we cannot get that here. No, we cannot. How how far uh, uh, east does Rainier go? Uh, Montana. Okay. Not gotcha. far at all. <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> for the win. Yeah, love it. Well, Becca, what would you consider your favorite guilty pleasure beer? Mine is a Miller Lite, like tall boy with a lime in it at like a hockey game. Yep. Love nice. the shittiest, like the shittiest beer with the like stupid lime in it and everything. I want the whole bad experience when I go to a sports event. That is like playing. my guilty pleasure. I love it. You got the garnish and the, the event oh. and the full pairing. I'm, it's, it's I'm that bitch who asked for a lime with her Miller Lite. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she said it. <laughs> you're, you're all thinking it. I just said it. <laughs> no judgment here. How about you, Mahad? Um, I mean, I, I, I wish I wish I had hams right now because thanks, Bradley. You know that was a really good setup. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Um, through the Zoom. Yeah, right. Thanks a lot, dude. You don't have to be guilt or feel guilty about liking your own beer, man. I yeah. mean, yeah. Own it. No, 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 not at all. No, I mean that that was like I wish I had gone to the fridge right before I finished mine. <laughs> sure, fair. Ham setting hams. right there, and I would like like hams. Also, you know, right <laughs> yeah, yeah um no definitely absolutely hams for sure uh yeah. depends on like how i'm feeling but again um goes back to uh enjoying lagers um you know a lot of the outdoor activities and whatnot i'm i'm still a huge fan of um um too hearted i have too hearted in the fridge mm-hmm. great choice um, Tur- torpedo ipa is still one of my favorite like i fell in love with ipas because of sierra nevada torpedo um nice so it's it, it's between those three it's like hams torpedo or uh, two-hearted um and i have them all in the fridge but always hams on top because it goes well with everything no all awesome choices i'm still waiting for the day where i uh, can talk you into doing a hams review on the show you know what i and and maybe and maybe do a hams job on the Ham podcast job. as well. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for Where you. Go, Bradley. <laughs> Can't hold back, can you? So is that just a thing for all Minnesota like <laughs> beer reviews where they just have like cases of hams as like a palate cleanser? I, th- I thought I've heard that was a thing before. I mean, I don't know. Hams is just it's good. It's light. It's crushable. It's a crowd pleaser. It's yeah, they'd sell them by the suitcase. Mm-hmm. It's what's not to like. You guys are going to make me yeah. come around on hams. Yeah, yeah. we, I, we I will. will we will get you there. What you really if, need to do is have like. A you should do a blind panel tasting. 
on all American yes. adjunct light loggers and see what you like. Oh, that's a great idea. We can do a full like brown bag domestics episode and I can just line up like four cheap beers in front of Throw Dustin. some curveballs in there so you get like malt liquor and, uh, you know, sneak <laughs> you in there. I love Schlitz. You got to put a Schlitz. Who in doesn't there. love Schlitz? Also a great choice. No, this that's is fun. one of my like top notch Schlitz. I am inspired. <laughs> it's going to happen, Dustin. We're going to put you through it. As long as there's a natty yep. ice in there, I'll be happy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is, that, is that you? Are you, are you a natty icer? Uh, in college, I had maybe a few not too many fond memories of natty ice. but Yeah, I think uh, episode one of Suds Buds, you tell us all about your experience with... Uh, the ices, which I got really freaked out when you phrased it that way, when you're like, oh yeah, my college experience watching friends with the ices or with ISIS final week. I was like, oh yeah, what are you, what are you talking about? And when you broke it down, it was like, oh, that's just the story of, <laughs> yeah. You got drunk and watched friends is what you're telling me. Yep. Yeah. Well, here's uh, a, here's a, here's a fun fact for you. Um, if you've never been to Dustin uh, Palmer's um, out in the West Bank, um, that's the number one hams account in the state. Um, is it really draft yep. draft yep um they've sold what was it somewhere around 120 plus five halves, a week five a week of halves of hams so that shows you again not just from the amount of just people that are there drinking hams but the amount of industry people that go there drinking oh, yeah. hams and tony comes from grumpy's as well so he's a pretty cool dude so yeah it's and Grumpy's is the number one uh, tall boy account in the state. Really? Also, all sorts of new things here. My mind is yep. full of new information. Yep. And you can catch you some gotta, You guys got to get out of Egan and come to <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I live in St. Paul. Yeah, I, I agree. You're not wrong. I agree. <laughs> I do need to get out more. Um, final question here, and we'll, we'll let you all go. Um, when you're not working with beer, what are you all doing? So, Mahad, do you want to start off on this one? Let's have some structure. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, it all depends on um, what I'm in the mood for and how much time I have. Um, you know, I was born in the ocean. I grew up in the ocean. So, um, unfortunately, you can't really get that here in Minnesota. Um, there isn't much of a beach here as much as people like to call the lakes beaches and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, you know, camping, hiking, fishing, um, biking. Um, I like also reading quite a lot. Um, I'm quite a bibliophile um, to a certain extent. So yeah, all, all sorts of things. That's nice. awesome. What are you reading right now? Um, at the moment, I am reading a book that Bradley gave me. Uh, it's got kind of like an old um, kind of Viking brewing um, historical um, that I'm reading at the moment. Um, cool. Yeah. So thanks, Bradley. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Becca? I like kayaking. I have two dogs, so I'm always outside. Anything with the woods. I want to be in nature, away from the city, biking, scootering, causing some sort of chaos, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I'd agree, too. Anytime I can get outside and disconnect and just be up north is... Yep. Yep. That's perfect for me. It's hard to beat that. Bradley? 
Um, I also have a dog. So uh, Jen and I uh, like to take him to the park and whatnot. Um, we also like to cook a lot. So um, yeah, that's cooking and walking. Cooking, walking, traveling. Um, it's been fun. Uh, I don't get to leave the brew house much. So uh, when my wife does take me to small cities that she gets to travel to, it's like, ooh, we're going to go find a new dive bar today. Cool. That's awesome. Any good dive bars that you know of in Minneapolis? I mean, where do you start? Well, okay, your favorites. uh, (laughs) uh, Palmer's, uh, Grumpy's. I wouldn't go to Jimmy's because it's a Petri dish right now. Um, (laughs) Petri dish. Oof. That's a good way Where to Where else do we like? Um, Just that whole stretch. Uh, yeah, Nightcap, Maze Labs. Establishment. Yep. Yeah. I need to get out of the uptown area and start going to more dives. I think that's where I'm messing up. Talk about speaking Petri of Petri. Dishes. Speaking of Petri. Right, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Mod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not the, the best time to be, you know, trying all the dive bars out there, but we'll get you there eventually. We'll come through on the other side. Yeah, and maybe I'll have a hams when we go out. What? <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're ending on a high note today. Uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us tonight. It's been fantastic talking to Bradley, Becca, and Mahad from Dual Citizen Brewing Company in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, before we let you off the hook, anything you uh, want to plug? Anything coming up with Dual Citizen in the near future? Here. I would like to plug in um, if there are any breweries out there that would love to collaborate on um, our um, house that beer built. Uh, we're looking for volunteers. Um, you know, if the breweries want to really provide at this point, um, there are build out dates that are going to come up. Um, so you would basically sign up for the build out date um, and then um, provide the folks. You'll get all the training, everything you would need to do. Um, from um, Twin Cities Habitat for Humanity, um, or if you would like to participate by also doing peer-to-peer fundraiser, uh, that's also another way um, of participating in it. Um, in it, um, yeah. If anyone has any questions at all about that, um, they can email at dual d u a l purpose um, p u r p o s e at dcbc.com. Perfect. Right on. That is perfect and a great cause. Um, I have a shameless plug. Uh, we will be brewing a fest beer, and we took a bag of base malt to our friends at Smokey's Pub and Grill up in East Bethel, and they smoked, did a cold smoke process on it, but we have pig drippings on the malt. So we will be brewing with that um, in the next two to three weeks for our fest beer. So I would say Come check that out. Um, and Smokies will be um, serving some of their delicious barbecue when we release this beer. Very cool. That pretty awesome. Mm. Absolutely. That yeah. sounds like something I'd like to be a part of day one. Heck yeah. Let's do it up. Yep. Yeah. Seriously, like I've, I've, I've tried it the other day and it fucking smells like bacon. So Oof. that's what you're getting. Like who doesn't like bacon? I don't even eat red meat right now, but I'm all about weird okay. shit. So yeah, I'll I give it a try. It's the other white yeah. meat. <laughs> there you go yeah there you go <laughs> well i love bacon so i'll be all about that yeah no oh, awesome looking forward to it check out dual citizen if you haven't been before and if you already have continue to support them great people cheers and thanks for listening to suds buds cheers to you guys thank you cheers thanks for having us you bet thank you
mastered economics, cause you took yourself from squalor. Slave, mastered academics, cause your grace said you were scholar. Slave, mastered Instagram, cause you can instigate a follow. Shit. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Any time I'm on mine, I be minding mine. Every time on my grind, I'm just trying to shine. Make a dollar, government, they want a dozen dime. The petty kind might kill you cause they see you shine. I done had to have a talk with myself any time. Am I a hypocrite cause I know I did plenty crime. I get broke too many times, I might slice some pines. You believe corporations running their own Master of these politics, you swear that you got options. Slave. Master of opinion, cause you vote with the white collar. Slave. The 13th Amendment says that slavery's abolished. Yeah. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Man, you better thug out, get the bag and the bug out uh, Try to run home, you might run your luck out Cause just when your base is loaded, they'll roll a grenade in the dugout Earth folk, not a mellow bunch, we got our thumbs in the air like hella bus uh, Look at who we done blessed with our trust, I don't think we'll be left for too much Hand on my heart, on my mind, on my drugs, got a body gun punch for your Atlas shrug Love or not love, it's just that dumb, Lord sweet Buddha, please make me numb Rain bounce off walls like a city in Roomba, just found out it's created stupid by the super moon or too lucid. Plus, got swoons in the blood. I'm zooming. BP, Richie, this is New York City. The X on the map with a pain keep in it. Just us ducks here sitting. We're murderous choco cops still earning a living. Funny how some say money don't matter. That's rich now, isn't it? Get it? Comedy. Try to sell packets. Supposed to get food, get killed. It's not an anomaly. Hey, it's just money. Mastered economics, cause you took yourself from squalor. Right. Mastered academics, cause your grace said you were scholar. Right. Mastered Instagram, cause you can instigate a follow. Stay set from a deafening.